0: Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas, or at church1132.com. What gives? What gives? Part one, we talk about generosity. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. You've heard this scripture, I'm sure it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God, who is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound In every good work. Sometimes we don't read that part of the scripture. This one's really good. I'll read it again. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So then all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In our church, if you're new here, we never back away from talking about money. Because when we don't talk about money, we're just too concerned about what other people think, and it moves us away from the truth of God's word, and we move away from the truth of God's word, we rob the people of walking in the freedom that comes from God's word. So we unashamedly talk about money, and talk about giving, and talk about tithing, because it's in the Bible, and anything that's in the Bible, we're going to talk about. That's why we spent the last couple weeks from our series, Smoke and Mirrors, you can watch it online if you haven't seen it, talking about our lives matching up. The outside of the dish matching the inside of the dish. Pastor Steve kicked it off with matchy-matchy. We got to match. It's got to go together. It's got to click in. It's got to be the same. We cannot live in this world of hypocrisy. And we focused in on what the fruit of the Spirit is. And I'll just say it again for review because it kind of helps us in this time. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We really keyed in on that gentle thing. That's like, that's, that's good. That is what the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit of God is in our life. When we talk about money, people get a little bit antsy because we have seen such injustice when it comes to money and finances, specifically in church organizations and by leaders, that there is this the, the, there is this closed fist approach, and we get real, it gets hot in the room, and we start, you know, like wondering what's going on. Is he really going to talk about this? But I'm going to tell you, the Bible lays out how the church should run, and the church is ran by the obedience of the people in the body, contributing to the body to advance the mission of the church. That is what's laid out biblically for how we live. Now, I, I know some of you, you love to spend money. Some of you are a little more thrifty. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I like spending money on, and there's some things that I do not like spending money on. For instance, I just went hunting this last week, and I've been thinking about this trip for like a month. I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's like when I close my eyes, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm visualizing. I'm. I'm. And so once I start thinking about, it, I'm like, man, I gotta get. I gotta get some new gear. You know, and and, and there is no shortage of hunting accessories and gear. And and, and so then I I, I discovered. Amazon Prime because I've had this issue with my wife because we have like, seems like every day I'm breaking down Amazon Prime boxes in my garage and I'm seeing the bank account drop drastically to Amazon Prime and I'm like, what is going on with this Amazon Prime? So I got on there just to search, not to buy, to search for some hunting equipment and as I'm on there, I'm like, they have this, like, one-click buy. I know I'm a little bit late to the game, but I'm like, oh, I like that. Click. I just bought it? It'll be here tomorrow by 8 p.m.? That's nice. <laughs> click buy. Click buy. I am mean, it's like, this is fun. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to buy them all together because I'll get them all at one time. I want to buy them every day. So every day it's like I'm giving presents to myself. It's amazing. I'm, like, open the door, making sure no one's watching, like, is he here yet? Is it here? You know, I'm, I'm like, there's some things you enjoy spending money on. There are other things that you can't stand spending money on. Like, like, like maybe, you know, utilities or taxes. I mean, it's just something. Like, I'm coming to Texas, moving to Texas, I found out when the air conditioning unit goes out, that's expensive. I, I was from Washington State. I moved here. I didn't know this. So the air conditioning unit went out the first week we moved here. It was 105 degrees. Jamie was in the hospital with gallbladder surgery. We were questioning if we ever should have left the beautiful land of the Pacific Northwest, Seattle Seahawks. And so we're landing, I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do. It's, it's really hot. The air conditioning went out. I'll just open the window. Yes. I know, I know, I know. I know you know this. I didn't know this instantly my mirror fogs up, the whole house, ha- I mean, it's like hotter, it's sticky. I'm like, okay, I, I just learned a lesson in Texas, you never open the window. I mean, just might as well bolt it shut. You're like, you never open it. It's it costs money. You know, no one gets excited about spending money on an air conditioning unit. It's just like, for real, you know, I got to put that towards that. Money is volatile. Money is more powerful than we think it is. It's more powerful than we give it credit for. Martin Luther says this. He says there are three conversions a person needs to experience. The conversion of the head, the conversion of the heart, and the conversion of the pocketbook. I'm... Now, theologically, we know that when we get saved, you get saved. But what he's talking about is he's talking about a process of sanctification, a process of release, a, a process of abandonment. And he says that you can get saved, or you can get converted in your head and start thinking the right thing. But it's another thing when it goes to your heart. It's another thing when it begins to affect the, the, the things that you spend your money on. Did you know that we can look through your debit card transactions or credit card transactions or Amazon Prime history and we can find out what's a priority? You can find out what, I found this list on Amazon Prime of things that Jamie has looked at and saved for later. I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's like, this is a birthday list right here. I mean, this, this is amazing. I found this thing. It's just like, just this little treasure right here. I don't even have to ask. It's like she's already, I've seen her history. Like, she's looking at these items some of those things, I'm like, really? Okay. Get ready for that one when that hits. And so I'm trying to budget for when those things come through. But the, I, I, I can tell the priority by what she's spending money on. Did you know that we used to spend money on different things? We used to have intelligent conversations and, and all that. Now we just sit and watch our boys, and we buy diapers. You ever... You know, you ever like that? Like when we first got married, you know, we're talking about like this and that and our thoughts on this and where we're going to travel. And then we had kids. And, and then it was like, you know, you're just watching them, and two boys, and just watching them bounce around. And then our Amazon Prime list looks different now than it used to. But you can tell someone's priority by what they spend their money on. We have to rid ourselves, and this is something we're big on as a church, we have to get rid of the theology that we are giving to get something. This American ideology, this Western Christianity thought process is not biblical, that I'm going to give so that I can get. This creates a behavior of selfishness in us, which is contrary to the fruit and the evidence of the Spirit of God in our life. If I'm going to give to receive something, that my motive of giving is wrong. It is to help me. But the culture of our house of generosity is that we do not give to get. We give to give. And when we give to give, it creates a culture of generosity in our own lives. Generosity is what God's trying to establish in you. Selfishness is what God's trying to kill in you. So how would he ask you to give to get if he's trying to kill the very motive that's causing you to do that? This is why this scripture begins to unpack this. And he says, don't give out of compulsion. Don't give out of obligation. Don't give begrudgingly. It says, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to break some of this down for you because I think this is absolutely amazing. The reason you can be a cheerful giver is by having a revelation of what the Bible says about giving. If you understand what God says about giving, you will give cheerfully. If you have a hard time giving cheerfully, it is because you have not had a revelation yet of what God is saying about Giving There is a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and how we handle our money. There is a connection in between. This verse in verse 8, it says, And God, who is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I'm going to break that scripture down really quickly. I'm going to give you three points we'll be done. Able means powerful. Capable mighty, strong, to have the ability. Now the reason I'm giving you these definitions is because it's very easy for us just to like jump into a scripture, read it quickly, and then we focus on, if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly, and that's all important. But I wanna show you the hinges on what a cheerful giver swings on. It is this, it is the other side of the door is that we know that God is able to bless us. You have to have that fundamental belief. Otherwise, you will look to your own ability. You will look to your own strength. You will look to your own wisdom to provide for you. But you have to understand my provider is God. My fundamental belief is that I will trust him in everything. He's able. He is able. He is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good word. Abound means this, to exceed a fixed number or amount, to be left over and above a certain measure. So to ab- we just say it so quickly, but the word carries so much power, says, this, this is above and beyond. So we have a God that's able to bless us abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound. Another another translation uses the word having the sufficiency. Sufficiency means a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. Do you know what this means? It means that God has to be your lifeline. This is not just about money. This this is about your faith. That he, he's not an add-on. He is not just something we do. He's not just one of many. He is it. He is our lifeline. He is our provider. He is our, well, I got this stream of income and this stream of income and this stream of income and God's blessing all. No, no. God blesses the stream of income. It is him above everything. And until we get that right, we will never truly see him right or be used correctly in the body because we have to do it according to his order and understand that his sufficiency means that he'll give you everything you need to have a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. So, well, I'll just be self-sufficient. No, I will be God-sufficient. I'll be God-sufficient. And it says that he will make me abound in every good Work, this is what God is able to do. This is the hinges of a cheerful giver. If you are a cheerful giver, it's because you understand what God says about giving. If you understand what God says about giving, then you understand that he is able to make all grace abound to you and give you sufficiency to be above and beyond in everything that you do and in every work. That word work means business, employment, or whatever one is occupied with so it says whatever you put your hand to will succeed if you're a teacher whatever you whenever you teach god's hand will be on it if you're a business owner your business whenever you when you're leading your god's hand of blessing will be whatever the endeavor that god calls you into then he will bless it he will smile on it now i'll, I'll show you this is when we're talking about what gives i'm going to give you three things that give i'm going to give you three things that give real quickly obedience gives. It is the first level of generosity. It is the first level of giving it is that obedience gives. It is we understand what God says about giving, so we give out of obedience. I know this is really difficult for a lot of people to understand. It's a lot, of, it's a lot for a lot of people to grasp. Studies show that only three to five percent of people in churches actually tithe. Now when we say tithe, we're talking ten percent Of your income, the first, the first check you write, the first bill you pay is the tithe. 10% out of whatever you make. The Bible teaches us that when you tithe that 10%, that the 90, the leftover, the remaining is blessed. Now I could give you, and we'll talk about this more next week, but I I, I can give you a thousand examples of how the first sacrifice blesses the rest. It is all throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. Many people argue that tithe is not in the New Testament. It is. It was never taught like it is in the Old Testament because it was expected to continue the same thread of the old into the new. That's why Jesus in Matthew 23, 23 says, "You you, you have forgotten about the most important things about loving, about the poor, about justice. He said you should have done these things and continued on tithing. He actually speaks to it. It was expected that the people would give a tenth. Tithe actually means tenth. Another, trans- or another version, another definition of it says tenth or test. Do you know what the tithe is? The tithe is a test of who you're going to thank for your increase. The Bible actually teaches us that the tithe should be on anything that is an increase to us. A, a bonus, a sale, a paycheck, whatever. And you can have your own convictions on this, but the Bible teaches, and I'll show you this. It begins in Leviticus chapter 27. It's in the book of Genesis as well. But in Leviticus 27, 30, it says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. A tenth of everything. It is holy. To the Lord. This means that when you get paid, a tenth of that goes to the Lord, and that 90%, and people say, Well, I can't afford to tithe. And if you haven't tithed yet, that's why you can't afford to tithe. Because when you tithe, you step into a blessing on the 90% that was not there before you tithe. So you're right, you are unable, you are unable to make the step because you have not made the step. But when you make the step, it releases the blessing of God on the rest to make. It sounds like faith, doesn't it? It's just like, that's not fun. It's like, I like to see the increase and then give. You know, some people, they like to tithe at the end of the month, right? So, okay, yeah, I'm I'm a tither. I'm a tither. So at the end of the month, I'm going to see. But then what happens when you spend too much on Amazon Prime and you don't have, oh, I don't have as much as I thought. Amazon Prime has become the first and the... The tithe is no longer a tithe, it's an offering. The tithe is only a tithe when it's first. I don't have time to go totally into it uh, today, but I want to tell you this. A tithe is not a tip. It's an establishing of priority and a declaration of trust. Now the percentages of tithers in our church is way higher than the national average because we believe as a church that it is the tithe of the believer that mobilizes the church to know God, be strong, and do great exploits. It is the tithe of the church that makes the church function so that we can feed the hungry and that we can clothe the naked, that we can give to the poor, that we can send missions and missionaries so that we can advance as the kingdom of God. It is, that is how the church biblically functions. This is how the body moves together. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe because the Bible teaches us not only is the rest blessed, but when you tithe, it breaks the curse on your money. Now, some of you are like, oh, wait, a curse? Are we still in Halloween? Like, hey, we'll explain more of this over the next couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm going to move on. But this is the first level of giving. It's obedience giving. It's like, okay, this is... This, This is ground level. Some of you are like, if I could just get up to 7%. No, 10% is ground level. And then we start getting into the fun stuff. Then life begins to open up. Because money has held us bondage too long. I'm going to tell you, God wants to play. As soon as you prove that it can get through you, he will get it to you. But a lot of it's getting stopped up in us, so it's not getting to us. We, we, we've, we've, got to, we've got to prove to God that we can be good stewards of the resources that he has put into our hands. The second one is gratitude gives. Obedience gives. But well, this one's my favorite. Gratitude gives. This is the principle of the offering. That's why it says they brought to the temple tithes and offerings. What is an offering? An offering is, yes, I've given back what is yours, God. I brought the tithe. But the offering says, thank you so much. Thank you. I can't believe what you've done in my life. Thank you. Thank you. You know, what we're doing is we're not tithing the mission of grace. We're sending them an offering. And we're saying we're grateful for what you're doing. We're grateful for the labor of love. We're grateful that you're laying down your life. We're grateful. And so we're going to send you this to help you in your journey. Paul went around to the churches, and he would encourage. And this is what we're reading from today. It was one of the letters to the Corinthian church. And he says, the Macedonians are giving their offering and they are way less off than you. He says they are getting out of their poverty and you are struggling to give out of your wealth. He says you've got to give. And Paul paints this picture throughout the the New Testament of gratitude for what God's done. I'm going to tell you that contentment, contentment, Paul talks about contentment, contentment starts with margin. Now I help you with this. Contentment starts with margin. Margin is there's still money left at the end of your month, which everyone's like, well, that's impossible. There's no way that can happen. No, you, you can make it happen, but it takes discipline. But the margin in you says I'm okay without using whatever I have to get something else. It begins to break the hold off you. See, I'm passionate about getting myself in a position and our church in a position that whenever God asks me to do something, my first response is not, okay, God, now provide. I want my first response to be, yes, I will. And I can pull from my daily discipline into my assignment. Most of us, when God says go, or he says do, or he says move, we say, okay, God, and how are we going to pay for it? Because we have not created margin in our daily discipline, and to step into a place of blessing, when God says go, just let's go. Look, what, this, I'm not, that's not going to stop me. Gratitude begins to take you into another level of generosity that will change your life. Proverbs chapter 11 Verse 24 and 25 in the message, it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I'm going to tell you this, gratitude fuels. It is the fuel of generosity. If you can really see what God's done in your life, it will fuel generosity. And I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about it in any way that you can. There's somebody that's, that's in this service even today that we were talking last night. They said, we bought a new car, and we want to know, is there someone in the church in need? Because we want to give them our old car. You know what that is? That's not a tithe. That's an offering. What, you know what that is? That's gratitude. God, you blessed me. I want to bless somebody else. My brother and I, we were, we were hunting, and, and we were able to bless one of the guys with us financially because we were very grateful for some of the things that he did. I mean, he just took care of us, blessed us, all kinds of time and, and, and all this. So we blessed him financially. He said, man, we just want to bless you. You know why? Because we were grateful. Gratitude fuels generosity. And the last one today, that gives. Obedience gives, gratitude gives, and love gives. This is the highest form of generosity. Few of us have even reached this level. When, when you begin to give out of love, gratitude, yes, it's good. But when you begin, giving out of love is extravagant. It's, it's what I like to call painful giving. Right, because when you have a lot, you can give some and it, you don't feel it. When you really love someone, you want, you're going to sacrifice. I remember when we got pregnant with Jude, my firstborn son, it just changed my perspective. I'm like, wait, wait, we gotta tighten up on some things. We gotta change. I want to make sure that I give him. My life needed to change to accommodate the love that I have. I loved him so much I wanted to give. It reminds me of John 3.16, most familiar passage in scripture. It says, God so loved, and we all focus on that, love, 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 but he did something about his love. I love the church. I love Jesus. I love people. God so loved that He gave. Loving is synonymous with giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I can give without love. Give it to you. But I can't love you without giving to you. Love demands, it pulls from me a response. I know money is not everyone's favorite topic or subject. Some of you are like, oh man, like I wanted something else. Can I just tell you something? If God begins to get in this area of your life, it will transform every single other area. Did you know that in the Bible, there are over 500 scriptures on prayer? There are a little bit under 500 scriptures on faith. And there are over 2,000 scriptures about money. And then talk about the percentages that we talk about money in church and what we talk about everything else. Jesus himself taught more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. His parables were about stewardship. His teaching was about treasure and heart and generosity. Why? Why? Because of this, our last scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, 21, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is familiar scripture, but did you know this, that wherever your treasure is, your heart will be. You can look at your bank account, you can look at your bank statement, and you can find out where your heart is. You ever buy like a brand new, like something nice, buy a brand new boat, brand new, it, it, you put some treasure in, your heart's there too. You, you put treasure to it. Wherever you want your heart to be, you have to throw your treasure to. Hear me on this. Wherever you want your heart to be, you have to throw your treasure to. And if you want to have a heart for missions, you got to throw your treasure at it. If you want to have a heart for the church, you got to throw your treasure at it. If you want to have a heart for people, you got to throw your treasure at it. If you want to have a heart for yourself, then you throw your treasure at it. See, what we're going to talk about today and in these last couple moments is, is, this is This is where, like, you know, this is all nuts and bolts. This is, like, this is important for where we're going in this series. But I'll say this. You'll either serve God and use money or serve money and use God. And most Christians serve money and use God. He's our lifeline. He's the one that we're trying to get to manipulate. But instead, it should be him first. Him is the top priority. And then we use The resources, the wealth that you store up is to be used for the building of the kingdom. I'm going to tell you, I've got dreams in my own life. I want to give a house away one day. I want to give. I want to be able to give cars away, like I talked about these people in our church. I I want. I want to be able to get. I want it to get through me. Do you know there's something powerful about giving? She's saying, "Well, Pastor, why why are we talking about this? Or are you trying to get us to give? We already took the offering." If I was trying to get you to give, I'd take the offering at the end and be like, now that we've talked about this, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. I'll say this, give to a different church. Give to a different ministry. tie to a different church. Just begin to get into practice. Begin to cut the Ties of bondage between you and your treasure because God wants you. He wants all of you. Tithing is not for the church. Tithing is for the individual. Offerings are not for the church. Offerings are for the individual. It is for you to give. And when you begin to step into greater generosity, God will begin to open the floodgates of heaven and bless you and bless your life. And this is the greatest thing about God's blessing is he doesn't always bless in the same currency that you sow. When you sow a seed of generosity, God will allow you to reap, not only financially, but emotionally, and spiritually, and physically. I'm going to tell you that God wants to so fund the church of Jesus Christ that there is no hesitation in what we will do or when we will do it, that we will step out in faith, see churches built, mission centers established, people saved, people set free. I'm telling you, this is all supposed to work as the body. The early church, they didn't talk about 10%. They talked about everything. They said if there was anyone that was in lack, they would give of their surplus and give to those who are in need. You know, just this month, we were able to pay someone's rent in our church that could not pay their rent. They're about to get evicted. This, this month, as a church, we were able to pay someone's utility bill that had the lights and power turned off. And there was, there was no, they're a member of this church. They had some hard times. We were able to pay their utility bill. This month, we were able to pay someone's, uh, s- someone's uh, payment on uh, something that had come up that put them in really bad difficulty. They're on the road to recovery, coming out of a ton of stuff. Those are all people sitting in our church that the generosity of the people of God has now been funneled into the people with a need so that we can help get see them raised up and set free and delivered. This is how we're going to close today. You that God wants to bless you abundantly, but before he does, he has to have the top priority. So we're done talking about money, all right? Take it, take your notes, pray about it, respond to God. Now I want to deal with what really what God wants to deal with, and this is why we talk about money. It's to get to the heart. What is in the way of complete dedication to God? What is in the way? What is in the way? I was talking to a man that had, God had asked him to give away everything. In every account that he had, a retirement account, a savings account, and a checking account, he said, I want you to give away everything. If I said his name, you'd know him. He's been in our church. He spoke in our church. He said, God told me to give away everything. And I'm like, did you do it? Because isn't that how we are? It's like, we we talk about how things, God spoke things to us, but actually doing it's a different thing. He says, Dustin, it was one of the most freeing things I ever did. He so said, I wrote that check, and I gave it. And He said, when I gave it, you, you think, you, I mean, you feel like, what, is there emotion? Is there, he said, what he felt was freedom. It was as if what God was asking was almost weighing him down until he obeyed, and then there was just a lightness and a freedom. How do you become a cheerful giver? It's when you understand how the principles of God's word work. And so you know when you get, it says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever gives generously will also reap generously. So I know, when I know the principles of God's word, when I give, I do not give and say, okay, what's that? that?" I give it as a seed. I remember planting a garden when I was young. When I went out there and planted a seed, I would come every day to see when it had grown. I'd watch over the seed. I'm like checking it out. I never ate the seed. That's where most RC goes. I never ate the seed. I planted the seed. And I learned some things. My grandma used to teach me that it was really important where you planted it. Because if the soil wasn't good, the seed could be good, but the soil wasn't good, it wouldn't grow. So she said, you make sure that you plant it in good soil. you let it go. See, this is the thing about the tithe. We, we used to have a guy, and, and God bless him, he's a generous guy, and, and, and I loved him. And he, and he said, Pastor, this is, this is how I tithe. When I see a need in the church, this is back in the day. We were over in the other building. And he's like, I see a need in the church, you know, like your junky sound system. He's like, I'm going to go buy a sound system, and then that's my tithe. And here's the problem with that. I love the generosity, but the tithe is not about you funding the church, the tithe is about the obedience in releasing what's in your hand. See, there's a control thing here, and this is not about money. This is about our consecration. This is about our dedication. When you tithe undesignatedly and let it go, it's trust. God, I'm planting the seed. See, today... This is about money, but this is about deeper than money because it's what Jesus always did. He said, I'm going to talk about this, but only to get to your heart. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.